For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Praise the Lord. Praise the love. Praise the Lord. We'll be in John chapter 6. John chapter 6 and verse 62 is where we're going to start today as we're going to finish up John chapter 6. While you're turning there, if you'd like to go to our website, www.crossboundministry.com, go to the bottom of the page and sign up for our newsletter. And by doing so, I'll send you a free ebook, a free gift of what happens after a Christian dies, right after a Christian dies. So John chapter 6 and verse 62, the Bible says, what and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before. They took offense, the people that were talking to Jesus, they took offense because he said that he had come down from heaven and they said, hold on a minute. We knew where you came from. We knew your parents. We knew your dad, the carpenter, and your mother's name was Mary. We knew where you came from. But yet Jesus said, I came down from heaven. And here he's telling what and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before, letting them know that he came from heaven. He came from God. He was born of the Holy Spirit. And they took offense to that because he said that he came down from heaven. And so now he's saying, what do you think if I'm going to ascend back up to heaven, where I came from? And you see, he's speaking of when his resurrection, after he dies on the cross, and he rose again on that third day, he's speaking of the resurrection. He's asking, what what if? You see this because Jesus knew it was going to happen. They may have not, but Jesus most certainly did. They were also offended by his saying that men must eat my flesh and drink my blood, like literally. But here we're going to talk about in just a minute, it wasn't literally. So what would they think then if they said they should see the body of the flesh ascend where he was before? So if he sends where he was before, how then could they eat his flesh. You see, he's showing them that he is talking about spiritual things. See, he says, if you're offended by that of what I say about eating my flesh and drinking my blood, what if you see me ascend where I came from before? You see, because if he ascends where he came from before, if he's in heaven, how then can they actually eat his physical flesh. They cannot. You see, Jesus is showing them that his words are spiritual. They did not think 
How would man be able to eat his literal flesh and drink his little blood after he had gone back to be with the Father? But he is about to explain it to them. Verse 63, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Amen. The words of Jesus are life. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. So here, these people had been thinking in terms of Christ's literal flesh, his literal body. But here he told them that eternal life was not gained by eating his flesh, but by the works, by the words of the Holy Spirit of God, by believing on him. You see, flesh in itself cannot get life, but the Spirit can. Here Jesus says, it is the Spirit that quickeneth. Flesh profiteth nothing. You must believe with your heart on Jesus. He's letting them know, I'm not talking about my physical body. I don't mean you eat my physical body, but yet you believe on me. Flesh profiteth nothing. They had taken his words literally and had not realized that they were to be understood spiritually. And that's why he told them, well, what if I send up to heaven? See, how can you then eat that flesh? You cannot, but you can still believe on Jesus. He says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. Amen. And so here the Lord Jesus explained that the words that he spoke were spirit and they were life. When his saying about eating his flesh and drinking his blood were understood in a spiritual way as meaning believe in me. That's what he's saying. Believe in me. Then those who accepted the message would receive eternal life. And people still do today. They talk about the Bible. That bloody book, I'll have nothing to do with it. But he's not talking about drinking his physical blood. No, sir. No, ma'am. Right there, he tells you that the, the flesh profiteth nothing. It is the spirit that quickeneth. Amen. And so he is talking about spiritually. You believe. You consume Jesus. You put all your faith and trust in him. And that is when a person receives eternal life. John chapter 6 and the next verse, verse 64. But there are some of you that believed not, that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. Isn't that something? In God's foreknowledge of all things, he could look forth in time and see the ones that choose not to believe, even the one that chose to re betray him. So even as he had said these things, the Lord realized that some of his listeners did not understand him because they would not believe. And here's the difficulty. The difficulty is not in their ability to understand what Jesus is saying, that I am God in the flesh, but it is in their unwillingness to believe is where the difficulty lies. I don't want to believe that. I am offended by that. I don't like that. That goes against my flesh. That goes against my desires. That goes against my ways and my wants and my wills. And so the difficulty is in their unwillingness to believe. That's where it is. That's where the difficulty lies in them. Jesus knew from the beginning that some of his professed followers would not believe on him and that one of him would betray him. 
And Jesus knew this from eternity. Wrap your mind around that one. Jesus knew this from eternity, yet the very ones that nailed him to the cross. Do I dare say if nobody else had ever gotten saved except for Judas, the one that chose not believe, Jesus would have still died for him. He loved him that much and he wanted him to believe, but it was Judas's free will that he chose not to believe. And he, just like he chose to betray him, amen? But Jesus loves each and every one of you so much that if it was just you, he would have come to die to save you from your sins, to save you from the penalty of sin, to save you from the fires of hell. That is how much Jesus loves you personally. Yes, I know the Bible says, for God so loved the world. He does love the world, but it gets personal. It's you. You can insert your name in there. It is just for you. You see, because nobody gets into heaven just because Jesus died. You get into heaven because you've repented of your sins and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You personally, is it a personal relationship with the Lord? The next verse, verse number 65 and he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. And so now he explained that it was because of that their unbelief, he had previously told them that no one could come to him unless it were granted unto him. And he is referring to where it says, therefore said I unto you. Therefore, when that word's there, you just need to look what it's therefore for. Amen. It's therefore because he was speaking about a former verse. John chapter six and verse 44 is what he's referring to, that Pacific verse where he said, no man can come unto me except the father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up in the last day. And when he says therefore in verse 65, that's what he is speaking of. Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except that were given unto him of my father. Amen. You can't even come with your your own power, even the power to come to to me comes from God himself. And listen to me, those words that Jesus spoke were an attack on their pride, just like it is an attack on some people's pride today who think that they can earn salvation. I'm good enough. I can do it myself. And here Jesus is explaining that even the power, even the ability to come unto me is given unto you by my Father. Like he said, no man come unto me except the Father which has sent me draw him. Even that, even that comes from God. Even that cannot come from within you. All of salvation comes from Jesus. You cannot earn one tiny speck of it. Amen. That's what he's saying here. And by him saying that, it goes against people's pride. Lord knows it went, it went against my pride before I got born again. What? You mean I can't do it myself? I can't earn it? I must have to do something. I must have to go to church. I must have to tithe. I must have to be a good person. But no, the Bible says that you must be born again. It doesn't say nothing about going to church, nothing about tithing, nothing about denominations, nothing about following a certain sect of people or giving a certain amount of money. No, but the Bible says ye must be born again. And when a person gets born again, the Holy Spirit moves in. Trust me, they're going to want to go to church. Trust me, they're going to want to tithe. Trust me, they're going to want to be a good godly person. Why? Because they have been born again. The Bible says they have a new nature. They have a new heart. They have new desires and they have 
a new willingness to live for the Lord. So even that power that comes when you get drawn to Jesus comes from God. You cannot do it in and of yourself. The Lord Jesus told men that even the power to come to him can only be received from God the Father. Amen. The next verse, John chapter 6 and verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. After he said that, after he said that, that you the power to come to me, even that comes from God, comes from the Father. And the next, very next verse says, Jesus said, or the Bible says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. See, these sayings of the Lord Jesus proved so distasteful, went such against their grain, rubbed them the wrong way. Too many who had followed him, they now left. They were no, no, no longer... To, willing to follow him, to associate with him. Oh, they loved Jesus when he was healing everybody. They loved Jesus when he was feeding everybody. But when he speaks the truth, it's offensive, amen? It's offensive. It goes against the heart of man. Now listen to me. These disciples, I don't believe they were true believers. That is just my humble opinion. But see, when Jesus starts speaking truth. They loved the Jesus that healed everybody, that did great and many mighty works, who spoke lots of wisdom, who, who fed everybody and healed people. But when he started speaking truth about the only way to heaven and the only way that you can get there and the only the where the power truly comes from, hey, it went against their grain. It went against the way that they want to believe things that I can do it myself. They follow the Lord for various reasons, but not out of a genuine love for him, for the appreciation of who he was and what he was going to do. Amen. They were following him for what they could get. And when they got offended and it went against their pride and their heart, I will follow him no more. Amen. They didn't have that root that sunk down in the heart that give them a new nature and new desires. And you will see that many times in your Christian walk today, even today. Those words are even offensive to people today. If you're under the sound of my voice and you're not saved, I promise you that rubs you the wrong way. But listen, it is for your good. God wants you to be saved. He wants to save you from the penalty of your sin. And there ain't but one way to do it, and that is through Jesus. But even the power to come to Jesus comes from God himself. Amen. That's what he's saying. John chapter 6 and verse 67, the next verse. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will ye also go away? So after Many of those that were following him, many of the disciples that got offended, many of them left and said, I'll follow him no more. I don't want nothing to do with him. I don't want to hear what he's got to say. I don't care what he has. We don't want none of it. We're leaving. We're out of here. Goodbye. Vios condias. Adios. I'm gone. I'm not coming back and I'm slamming the door when I leave. Amen. They were gone. And this is what Jesus did. He didn't get pout. Hey, preacher, he didn't get mad and get pout and throw a fit. He turned to the 12 and asked them, will ye also go away? Where have you put your faith and trust? Can I just ask that to you? Where have you put your faith and trust? Will ye also go away from Jesus when you get offended? 
When something rubs you the wrong way, when somebody says something mean and hurtful, or somebody hurts you, or something happens, or life don't go right, will ye also go away? No, not if those roots are deep. Amen. I don't mean you won't get disappointed. I don't mean you won't have hard times, a hard week, a hard month, a hard year. No, sir, no, ma'am. But the Bible says, like he just said, will ye also go away? Or will those hard times drive you even closer to Jesus? Amen. If you respond to him in the right way, that's what will happen. It will draw you even closer to Jesus. And so Jesus said to his 12, to those 12 that were there, will ye also go away? And so at this point, he turned to them and just asked him an honest question and probably so that they would search their own heart and look at their own self. And I love what happens next. John chapter six, verse 68. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Hey, Peter's answer is such profound truth. He said, Lord, how could we leave you? You teach the doctrine which leads to eternal life. You are, you give eternal life. Where else are we going to go? Nobody else has it. You can't get it anywhere else. You, you alone, you have it. Thou hast the words of eternal life. So if we leave you, there's no one else we could go to. There's no one else that has these words. No one else can save us from the fires of hell. No one else can take us to heaven. You alone have the words of eternal life. And he knew, Peter knew, to leave you, it would seal our fate, seal our doom, seal our place in hell. But if we stick with you, stay with you, you have the words of eternal life life. Can I just say those words ring just as true today as they did the moment Peter spoke them. Jesus has the words of eternal life. It comes from no other place, the Bible says. Verse 69, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. You hear what Peter just said? Listen to what he said, and I want you to look at your own heart. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus, uh, Peter said, we believe and we are sure. So here, Peter, he's speaking of the 12 now. He says, and we, we, not just himself, but the 12. Remember, Jesus asked that question to the 12. Will ye also go away? And here, Peter says, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So speaking for the 12, Peter, he, he further said they had come to believe and know that you are the Lord. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of the living God. You are Christ. You have the words of eternal life. And notice those two words that he used. Believe and are sure. He believed it and he was sure of it. Amen. Can I ask you, do you believe it? And are, sure, are you sure of it? Are you positive? Do you know for sure? Amen? So first of all, they had put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and then they came to know that he was indeed all that he said he was. He knew right away. He, he believed, and then he was sure. And the same thing happens when a person gets saved. They believe, they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and they get in the Bible, and that reassures them, hey, 
Jesus is really who he said he is. He is all that he says he is. You believe and you're then you're sure. Amen. And that's what Peter said. We believe and are sure that thou, that you art the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. Don't you love that? The living God. Hey, there's a lot of little G gods out there. Buddha, Muhammad, and all these other ones. But every one of them died and is still in the grave. Jesus is the only one that rose from the grave who is living, alive, and alive today. And that's what he says. The living God. Amen. And he wants you, he wants you to choose him. You know, there is something that is so sacred. God will not touch it himself. You know what it is? It's your own free will to choose. He gives it to you. It is your choice what you choose. Whether you choose heaven or whether you choose hell. Whether you accept Jesus or whether you reject Jesus. Amen. There's something so sacred. Your will, God, he wants you to choose him. He's done everything that he possibly can to get you saved, but the rest is on you. What will you do with Jesus? Will you also go away or will you believe and be sure of it? Amen. And so verse 70, John chapter six and verse 70, Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you 12 and one of you is a devil? Well, isn't that something? Why would he just come out and say that? They're talking about, Will he also go away? But then remember what Peter said. He said, and we. Now, Peter was speaking for the 12. And we believe and are sure. Now, Jesus just showed Peter that, hey, not all of you believe. Not all of you are sure. Not all of you truly believe on me. You may still be here, but one of you is a devil. Jesus pinned that out and showed him, one of you is not a true believer. One of you is a devil. Can I just say every one of us was a devil before we got saved? The Bible says that you're an enemy to me of God if you are not born again. And so every one of us was an enemy of God. Every one of us was a devil. And he too could have chosen to repent and put his faith and trust. Judas could have, but he did not. It's not what he chose. He chose the opposite way. And, and Jesus is letting Peter know that, hey, not all of them believe. There's one here that is a devil, but Jesus still loved him just like if you're a devil, just like if you're that one. Jesus loves you and he wants you to be saved. Amen. There was one in the company who did not share Peter's view concerning the Lord Jesus Christ and that was Judas. But listen to me. God would have saved him. Jesus would have saved him the moment he repented and put his faith and trust in him. It doesn't matter if he was going to betray him. It doesn't matter if that was his plan. But if he would have just repented and put his faith and trust in him, he would have been forgiven. And verse 71 tells us, he spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Isn't that something? That even knowing that this guy is going to betray me, I'm still going to die on the cross. I'm still going to love him. I still want him to be saved. Can I just say, I bet that's something you've never done. You've never betrayed Jesus. You've never been that one. He wants to forgive you. There's nothing you have done or somebody done to you or that you're going to do that the blood of Jesus is not sufficient to cover you. 
to remove, to wipe away, to wash away those sins. Amen. Can I just ask you, can you do what Peter did? Can you believe and be sure that Jesus is the Son of God, that he has the words to eternal life? Will you believe on him? Amen. You have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning into Crossbound Ministry Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $25 or more, we will send you a copy of Ray Comfort's book, Nothing Created Everything. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook or visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a woman in need of help with your pregnancy, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There's locations in Inverness and Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507 and Bruce Kaufman Construction providing all your home building needs, 352-400-0230. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida, 352 247 9200. That's 352 247 9200.